of Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. to everyone listening, and thank you for joining me today on the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and I am so glad you have chosen uh, to listen today. I uh, am approaching the end of the year. Well, we all, we all are approaching the end of the year, um, and we have started today the Advent season. And um, as I mentioned, I think last week, my plan is to um, have a podcast next week, and then I will break for a little while until uh, the spring sometime. Um, but appropriately, since today begins Advent, uh, Advent is, if, if you're unaware of when that starts, it is four Sundays before Christmas, um, or if Christmas is on a Sunday, if December 25th falls on a Sunday, then it is the last Sunday in November uh, that begins Advent. And I'll tell you, it's really interesting to uh, look at at uh, these uh, liturgical feasts and days and, and seasons, when they start, how these things happen. It's very interesting. To me, it's fascinating. And um, so this starts Advent. This is not Christmas. <laughs> A lot of people use the terms interchangeably, Advent and Christmas, but they are two different things and really focus on two completely different things. And so um, this is not the Christmas season. This is Advent. The Christmas season starts December 25th and runs through January 5th, right before Epiphany. Epiphany will begin on January uh, the 6th. Um, it, I would encourage you some point just to look at, at the liturgical year. You can probably Google and just find an outline uh, timeline of the liturgical calendar, the liturgical year. Um, we have uh, Advent actually starts the liturgical year. Uh, it is not the end of the liturgical year. Advent begins the liturgical year, and then you have the Christmas season called Christmas Tide. Then you have Epiphany. After that, you have what's called Ordinary Time, and there's really no. Um, uh, profound reason. It's called ordinary time because it is ordinary. There's nothing uh, terribly special going on at that time. And then uh, 40 days before Easter, you have uh, Ash Wednesday, which begins Lent. And so Lent is 40 days. Um, uh, prior to Easter, you have Holy Week, uh, the events that happened during Holy Week. In fact, uh, nearly a third or a little over a third of the material in all of the Gospels is devoted to Holy Week. Uh, that should tell you how much information there is. And then you have the Easter season, which is not just one day. People sometimes think, well, it's one day, it's Easter, Sunday, that's it. Uh, no, it's 50 days, and that runs through Pentecost. And then you have a second ordinary time in the liturgical year, which we uh, just completed and are now in the Advent season beginning the liturgical year. So that's just a broad overview. Uh, but today my uh, talk is going to be about Advent and um, uh, specifically how Christians um, 
can relate to Israel. We share a mutual feeling. We, we have an empathy with Israel because of our expectation and waiting. And so I want to talk about Advent today. As I mentioned, it's not Christmas. It is a time of waiting and expectation and really is focused more on Christ's second coming than his first coming. And so, um, you know, the few weeks prior to Christmas are often spent celebrating the birth of Christ, or if you're in a secular society like ours, where uh, the true meaning of Christmas is sort of going out the window, it's spent doing other things. The birth of Christ really is vital to remember. It's right to celebrate the birth of Christ, but Advent is often neglected. When you have the second and first comings and thinking about those things, um, often we just get caught up in the first coming. Um, and, and forget that there was a, a period of hundreds of years, of centuries of waiting that Israel experienced, sort of like what we experience now waiting for the second coming. I often lament the neglect of Advent during the month of December. It's more than a personal matter because I believe that it's a matter of remembering and living within the reality of the life of Christ and the story of God and his people. So why should Christians observe Advent, which is certainly not synonymous with Christmas, as I've mentioned? I want to suggest that an overarching reason for the observance of Advent is Christians' empathy with Israel in expectation and waiting. The church, the New Testament church, which we are, is able to relate to Israel because we too are in waiting. We possess an eager expectation, not of his first coming, obviously, but his second. And in fact, Advent, like I said earlier, focuses more on Christ's second coming than his first. And so, we should remember the expectation of Israel awaiting the Messiah, yet we too also, we await the second coming of the Messiah, which is a certainty. He will return. No figure of speech. Jesus is coming back. And so the heart of Advent then is not only expecting, but it's also waiting. And so as Israel long awaited and expected the coming of Jesus, we too await and expect him to return as well as other aspects of Christ's work and character, which are crucial crucial even in our present day. And so I want to give you three primary imperatives uh, for which we wait and expect. First of all, as I've already mentioned, we wait for and we expect Christ's return. We wait for Jesus to come back. He assures his people in John 14, 3, that he will one day return for them to be with them forever. And so we as the church, we should take comfort in the fact that he is coming. He's coming back. And we wait with eager expectation. But our waiting really should not be confused with hopelessness. A lot of times we get hopeless when we have to wait for something. It's discouraging. And so it's wrong to just lie down and give up our call and our commitment to Christ on earth because we're aware that this world is temporary, but we should not waste our time here. We should use our time to proclaim the greatness of God so that everyone knows and sees his splendor. And when we do that, it allows others to realize that there is more than just this measly life. If this is all there is, then we're in trouble. 
I mean, how discouraging is that if all there is is what's going on in this world right now? With so much evil and destruction in our world, it might be tempting to see our lives here as pointless. Even as, as, especially as Christians, we know that we are going to one day be with Jesus. We're going to be in heaven. Uh, there will be no more tears. And so we could think, well, this is pointless. What am I doing here? But God has placed us here with a purpose. And so waiting does not mean stagnant living, but it means living with a purpose because of the realization that something more is coming, not in spite of it. And so to be uh, good waiters, to, to, to wait well, we have to expect well. And, and I really think that living life with a purpose or waiting well is rooted in our hope and belief that we belong to God and we will be received unto him upon the return of Jesus Christ. So we wait for and we expect Christ's return, which is the hope in the heart of Advent. The second thing I want to suggest is that we wait for, like Israel, uh, you know, we wait and expect, but as the church... Something that we wait for now, something that's a little different, is we wait for and expect the Holy Spirit's work. Now, Israel waited for and expected God's work in their present day. Consider all of the ways God provided. Uh, bread, manna, uh, quail. I mean, there, there were uh, even protection from Pharaoh's army uh, when, when they were crossing the Red Sea. There, there are numerous ways that they expected God to work in their lives. We too also expect God to work in our lives through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit exists eternally. In other words, the Holy Spirit has existed from the beginning uh, and will always exist as God. Uh, but he was not offered freely to all of God's people until the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit existed even in the Old Testament. You see the, the, the Holy Spirit using God's people in the Old Testament. He certainly existed. But poured out freely, uh, that happened at the day of Pentecost. But Jesus, uh, as he, or before he ascended, he promised a helper, a comforter, and that was the Holy Spirit, John 15, 26. He promised a helper for his people. And so our waiting is not employed on our own, but we have help. We have the strength and the power of God himself. So we should expect the Holy Spirit's work in our lives and in our world. If we believe God is presently at work among us, why do we fear? Why do we worry? Why do we live without his hope or as if we don't have his hope? The Holy Spirit's work is not a future event. It is now and always. And praise God for his literal presence in our lives. This is no figure of speech. God is literally present with us and in us. And so with Jesus' promise and the assurance of God, we can relate to Israel because we expect his present work. As Israel expect, expected God to protect them, to be with them, we also expect God to protect us, to be with us. Not only his future work, but right now, presently. Israel expected God to work in their midst. And we do the same as we wait for and we expect the work of, of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives, or at least we should. Uh, the third thing I want to suggest is that we wait for and we expect God's justice. Uh, consider God's people. 
the Israelites uh, living in the bondage of slavery for hundreds of years. God brought them out of that. That was an unjust time. And where injustice happened, God stepped in and made it right. We still live in a day where we wait for God's justice. We live in an unjust world. You don't have to look very far to realize that. It's on the TV, it's on the news, it's everywhere you look. There is injustice. Sometimes we ourselves take part in that injustice. Admit it or not, we are imperfect. And so we live in an unjust world. So we need to take comfort in the fact that this world is temporary. It's not permanent. And there's no contradiction between living life with purpose and realizing that this world is unjust and only temporary because we have been placed in an unjust world with the purpose of declaring God's justice among all people. And so even in this unjust world, God's justice is executed. And you see that in, a, in, a practical, in practical ways on a daily basis. But there is a day coming when God will wipe away every tear and he will destroy injustice for eternity. Right now we live in an unjust world. One day that will not be so. But until then, we live as extensions of God's justice, righteousness, and mercy. And God's complete and total justice over all injustice is certainly coming. In his time, in his way, and in, in, in the time and way that glorifies him. But until then, we need to live with this hope and assurance that, that justice is coming. Israel long awaited Messiah to make right the injustices of the world, but they missed him. Although Jesus Christ did exactly that with his death, burial, and resurrection. And one day he's going to return to finalize his ever-prevailing uh, ever plans. Jesus will return Injustice will be destroyed. We will live in a just world where God reigns and rules over all. He reigns and rules over all now. <laughs> um, why he has not returned yet, I don't know. That's up to him. <laughs> he is the one who is glorifying him, himself. And however he sees fit, um, let, let it be so. So this really should not cause discouragement, but it should cause joy in our hearts. Like Israel, we wait we wait for and we expect the certain justice of God to reign over injustice. So my, my, my point here in all of this is that it, in Advent, we have something that we can share with the people of Israel. They waited. We wait. They expected. We expect. The point here is that something better is coming. We live and we rest in the assurance that something better is coming. We are a people who, we want what we want now. Instant gratification. We want God to work now. We want him to come back now. But God is a God who says, wait in my time and in my way. And let us be people who wait well and who expect well. Perseverance of the saints is a centuries-old concept for good reason. How discouraging and pointless if this life and this world is all there is. And so while we're, while we're given a call and a purpose in this unjust world, God's justice and his judgment are coming. Until then, God the Spirit comforts and helps us as we await the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we need to rejoice and take, take heart 
and be comforted into the fact that God's present work in our lives is a real thing. He is presently at work in our lives, lives with us, and comforts us. And we need to live with eager anticipation of our Lord and Savior, as Israel did. Advent really is a glorious time of waiting and expectation, and we don't need to miss that. We don't need to try to get right to the birth. There is a period of waiting and expectation, and when we go through that period of waiting and expectation, even for just a short few weeks, it reminds us of the waiting and expectation of Israel. So let us be people who who, li- who live well, who wait well, and who expect well as we proclaim the glory of God and we proclaim that one day he is returning. He is returning for his own and he will rule over all. So let us be people who wait well and who expect well. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a blessed Advent season. Uh, one more podcast next week until we take a break. But uh, thank you for listening. And um, may God's peace be with you. Did it